Welcome back, folks, to 2Bits 1 Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a man who builds underwater bases, and a man who doesn't have a hole in his kitchen wall anymore, Dan Masters. With my good friend, a man who's eaten food cooked by criminals, and a man whose joke made some waves in the hockey world last week. Well, every human, Will, how are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you, Dan. Very well. Congratulations on uh, getting your dad to fix that hole in your wall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it does. There are some perks to your dad being a builder and being a master of all trades known to uh, known to the human brain. So, and who who well, yeah, would have seen those a... perks taking the form of building it, species? Well, there you go. You say, well, yeah. What can, what can you say? But funny, funny old Yes, it's all done. Thank God. And I want to say congratulations to you after you made a joke on the show that was passed around the uh, the hockey network. Well, that was uh, you must be pretty chuffed for yourself. I do, well, I'm trying not to let it go to my head. But I will have uh, uh, an hour-long comedy special coming out on Netflix at the end of the month. Everyone else does. It is just uh, that same Martin Jones joke repeated for about fifty minutes. You must have got you must have got a little buzz off that to know that there are people sharing around a joke. It's just an off-handed joke that we both laughed at, but we weren't like dying on the floor. I'll never forget us laughing about Chernobyl two when that bull semen factory exploded in Australia, <laughs> and we just we were both crying, laughing, both on the floor in bits for the whole show. But you I, I never, see, a, never know, do I forget who I was. I was watching some... I think it was Tom Scott. who's an English YouTuber. does some really interesting videos about... Tom Scott's about, great. Tom Love Scott, Tom there, Scott. There you go. Tom Scott's fucking quality. I was watching yeah, some video, and he was talking about like going viral and stuff and saying about how uh, it's not the stuff that you put loads of time in and you're most proud of that's going to necessarily appeal to the masses. Like, you, nine times out of ten... If something gains any traction or like gets shared a lot, it's going to be something that you consider throw away, you know, not necessarily your best work or whatever. So, yeah, to have this Martin Jones joke take off where our life's work in the ball seam factory exploding doesn't get the same traction. <laughs> it's, it's, it's disappointing to me. I can't, I can't lie. It's a very bittersweet victory for me to be uh, the funniest person in hockey Twitter at the moment. It's like Efton, isn't it? It's all luck. You hear actors talk about it all the time. I got lucky. I got this job. Because I got this job, I met this director. He then went on to do really good things. He knew me. He gave me this work. And now I'm a megastar. You hear it in everything. Sport, hockey, player gets injured. Another player comes in. Oh, now I've got a great new... Now I've got a new contract. The first person springs to mind, Binnington's a great... You know, like, fair enough, whatever you think of him. Yeah. But that dude's going to make a, t- a chunk of money because of injuries and players playing shit and he just got a chance and that was all he needed. And he'd been toiling away for years and years and years. And it happens in every single sport, every single media outlet, podcasting, films, music, anything. It's, you know, sometimes it's just luck that uh, that's kind of how it goes. Absolutely. And I think that kind of shows how in the entertainment industry, and I will include sports in the entertainment industry because that's what it is at the end of the day, professional sports. Nobody's as much as it's for the glory of the championships, if people weren't watching, there wouldn't be an industry for it. So it shows how in the entertainment industry, there are, you know, people are talented, like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is a talented actor, Neymar's a talented football player, but for the majority of the jobs and the majority of people who are on the fringes not getting those jobs, it's like you say, like, the talent is relatively equal, it's just about the opportunity you get. Like the only reason Leonardo DiCaprio is a massive film star is because he was given the opportunity to be. It could have been fucking Frank Bloggs if Frank Bloggs had been in a similar position to Leo. And you know, it's not for those kind of industries as much as it is the the person putting in the effort that makes the difference. It is absolutely just about who you know, right place, right time, and all that stuff. Yeah, that's right. All right, 
we'll get onto the trades after we uh, we start the show. There's one thing I'm going to start with because this whole show is going to be sort of trade talk. And what we'll do is we'll go through every trade, but we're not going to break down every trade. If we have something to say about that trade, fine. If we don't, we're just not gonna. So that's you know that's just how it's going to be because we just don't have the time, or I don't really care about you know some fucking depth move from team A to team B. I don't think you do either, do you? Will are you are you implying that Magnus Krona for Fledrick Fe- <laughs> Fledrick <laughs> Fre- Frederick Clayson Fledrick Fledrick Clayson? <laughs> Fuck's sakes. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not going to try again. It's not worth it. It's not. We all know what the okay. is going to be. It's done. I'm not. I'm not doing it yeah. again. I refuse. And I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave this in as well. Just so. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got to mention this because I am so unnecessarily angry about the Tanner Pearson contract. I can't even tell you. <laughs> I am so moved. Moved to rage. So angry. I am. Fu- I. I. I have. I. Could not give two shits about the Vancouver Canucks. I don't. I mean, generally, I don't really care about many hockey teams, to be honest. But I couldn't care about the Vancouver Canucks. I, I enjoy following their Twitter because it's hilarious because the, their fans are absolute fucking nutcases, which I can kind of appreciate. But fucking Jim Benning, dude. I hope someday I find something that I can love as much as Jim Benning loves three-year depth contract deals around three million. Because fuck me. What I what what is he thinking? What is he thinking? What's I, the the entire problem he has right now? The entire problem he has is shitty depth contracts for players who don't deserve shitty depth contracts. I'm not saying Tanner Pearson shit. Okay, he's a perfectly fine player. He's perfectly fine. I think he's but pretty. Shit. You're just gonna you're just gonna add him to the list. Of every other fucking, every time we fucking talk about a player, fucking Brandon Sutter getting this, Antoine Roussel getting this, fucking whoever, Michael Furlan, Jay Beagle, Jesus Christ, what's his problem? What's his problem? He has got some kind of condition. He has to have some kind of condition where he just can't fucking help himself. He's got, it's some kind of contract Tourette's or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And then he, and then he fucking comes out a few days after and says, well, I don't foresee any salary cap problems next year. Maybe that's because you're not going to be there, Jim. Okay? <laughs> Maybe that's why you're not, you're not foreseeing any problems. Fucking hell. It's, it's amazing. Like, uh, to, to put it into NHL 21 terms, which uh, came to EA Play the other day, so I'm very happy with that. Picked it oh, up nice. again. He's, uh, he's demanding. He's really trying his hardest to build an entire roster of 78-rated forwards that are all on $3 million. And I, just, I don't fucking... I do not understand it. I do not understand it. It's absolutely mental. If we're going to use Brandon Sutter as the as the high water mark at four point three seven five, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, six fucking forwards between two and a half and four and a half million, which is which is mental. Absolutely mental. Like, how are you possibly gonna? Expect to build a decent team with that much cap, like wasted, wasted. I think unless you're like a young guy on on like a bridge deal, if you are earning between you know between two and five million, you're probably fucking disposable. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, you're yeah. not. It just means you've been around long enough to be like, Look, I've got the tenure, therefore you have to pay me at least two million, or I'm out of the league. So it's you don't. Don't dabble. Like, what What good comes from getting those players unless you're on an RFA deal 
where your labour is being exploited by the CVA. It's, <laughs> it's outrageous. And dare we address the elephant in the room of uh, Tyler Toffoli making <laughs> barely but, but a fraction more than his compatriot Pearson. And uh, I, I dare to say contributing a fuckload more than Pearson does. Couldn't afford to follow though, could they? Couldn't afford to Foley. Oh my god. I, I don't understand it. I don't... He's got to go, hasn't he? Like, cause I, just, I, 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 I appreciate that. for seven, seven years, eight years? They are so no long. further... They're, they may be worse. They may be worse than when he took over. At, so, at the very least, if oh, they're god. not worse, like, because you, you'll have people saying, oh, but, you know, we wouldn't have got on... Wouldn't have had that good season last year if it wasn't for, for Benning. We wouldn't have Pettersson, we wouldn't have Besser, yada, yada, yada. He has failed to build upon any good that he has managed to do while he's been in charge. As much as you yes. can look at this season and call it an aberration, I think it's enough of an anomaly that, or, you know, the, 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 there are things outside of the anomalous nature of this season that you can look at and say, no, nah, Benning's fucked it. And if, Christ, if, if Aquilini doesn't fucking, if Alberto Aquilani doesn't get rid of him, I have fucking, <laughs> I have, I feel for Vancouver fans and their poor city, which is going to be burned to a crisp. As they are very wont to do up in Vancouver. So they've got 13 players signed for next year, 64.7 million, which doesn't seem what? terrible. <laughs> Against the cap. But yeah, oh yeah, right? So they've got 13 <laughs> players signed for 64.7 million. Add into this, you now have to sign Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson to their first deals. Now, pivoting off this... <laughs> <you're> st- <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking mental. It's absolutely... How? So what? So the majority of that 16.7 million cap space they have is going to go to Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Let's be yeah. generous and call it 12. Let's say they take $6 million each, for which they absolutely will not and should not. Let's say they take six each. You, <laughs> you then have ten million to sign fucking seven players of note. That's not. We're just going to get seven league minimum deals in to add to your wonderful depth of of fucking Jace Howerlock and Zach McEwen. I'll I'll pivot quickly from Benning because I need to ask. Okay, we we talked the other week about uh, players in Buffalo, especially Darlene, who's in the same situation. Any chance either of these? Any chance that Hughes or Pettersson say, "Nah, I think you know what? I think I'm all right. I think I'll, uh, I think I'll risk not signing a deal, <laughs> and See, I, maybe you could trade me." <laughs> I think the interesting thing with that is like media perception, because yeah, we're always talking about, oh yeah, Jack should Jack Darlene whoever should want out of Buffalo, but you're right, we're not talking about that about Pettersson and Hughes. Nobody's talking about that. So how much of like the perception of the franchise and whether the star player should leave is actually fueled by the the notion of it being floated in the media at all? Because yeah, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have expected it. And when you asked me that question, my instant reaction wasn't absolutely. Maybe because they're a touch younger than Hughes. What how old how old's Pettersson? He's Pettersson is, he? is twenty two. Twenty two and Hughes is what twenty on the schnoz. Hughes is twenty uh, one. 21, 21, there you go. They're younger than than Eichel, who's, what, 24 now, is he? Sounds about right. Yeah, 24, 25. Um, I mean, they should. They probably should, yeah. 
I think they should if Benning, if Benning doesn't get fired. And arguably, even if he doesn't get fired, you should probably want out of there. Because what you've got, you're going to have to burn next season because you've still got Roussel and Beagle on the books for next season. Their, their cap-friendly page is so fucked up, it's hard to keep track of all of them. It's Michael the hardest cap-friendly page to look at. It's fucking oh, insane. It's, it's mental. Combine it with all the um, all the injured players they've got as well. Um, yeah, oh my God. They've only got two D-men signed for next season. And one of them's Tyler Myers. The he's fuck? big, you know. You know he's he, is, big. he is very tall. He is very yeah, tall. he's tall. Um, he's tall. Even if you bring in fucking Steve Eisenman, like it ain't going to fix itself <laughs> next year, is it? <laughs> Nope. Bring in Scotty. Here's the thing as well. Like, I know, I know. Pettersson's been. In, I know. Let's let's look at. Okay, well, quick class this as well. What do you think they should be asking for? Stroke commanding in a realistic, because the, all the thing this year about Quinn Hughes has been he's been terrible defensively, and he has not been good defensively. And for a defenseman, that does sometimes matter. I'll just you know, I'm going to be controversial <laughs> there and say that. <laughs> Need to convert him to a winger, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna go uh, fucking uh, Brent Burns. That's what he's gonna do. He's gonna go do the way. <laughs> well, we realized he was terrible defensively, but he could snipe it like a motherfucker. So now he's like sniping for us. But Quinn Hughes has got eighty-four points in one hundred and ten games. So okay, he looks terrible defensively, but and and do you know what as well? They're both represented by the same by the same agency. Oh, lovely! Well, which is which is really fun, really he, fun. He is but a baby. Only his sophomore year, technically. He's a baby. Uh, so you've got to, you've got to account for that. And he's playing on a shit team. Like as much as you can, kind of lay it at his feet. I don't think you can necessarily say Quinn Hughes will always be bad defensively because he had a bad defensive season when he was twenty-one on a really shit yeah. Canucks team. That's fair. I think you could look at around the seven mil mark and short term. Yeah, I reckon that's I reckon what I was thinking. Three by seven, on average for him. Let me ask you a que- let me ask you a question. Would you? It's kind of different because they're they're a bit older and he's been in the league a bit a bit longer. But would Go you on. rather take Quinn Hughes or Charlie McAvoy? Mm. And I'm not saying that either's better than the other. That was just the first. That was the first one that popped into my head. The first defenseman that popped into my head that had signed. He's, he's last, the only last defenseman year, that you know. It's, yeah, he's the only one. I, he's the only defenseman I've ever heard of. <laughs> but I was only thinking because McAvoy's on a kind of a friendlier. He's only making four point nine. Yeah, yeah. I th- I so think do you like... think you know if if you get Quinn Hughes two years at four point nine or two years at five? Are you thinking, oh my god, we've absolutely got away with one there? <laughs> I think you think that if you're a Canucks fan and Jim Benning signs <laughs> off on that contract, yeah, <laughs> yeah, without, you're right, without a doubt. I think if we're talking today. Oh, you you due respect to Charlie McAvoy. I, th- I think he's the better all round player today. But you've got you've still got to go Hughes, haven't you? Surely, because his talent is just out there. It's outrageous. Not to say that Charlie McAvoy can't play in the offensive zone, which he fucking can. Yeah, I'm not going. Like, yeah, I'm not going to argue with it. Like all, I said, I, I, I don't think one's one. crazily better than the other or not. I just like I said, it was the first yeah. defenseman I thought of who was young who'd recently signed a team friendlyish deal. That's the only reason that's, I kind of that's the thing. I, th- I think you raise a good comparable. I reckon Hughes would be closer to McAvoy than that seven million mark. I think Pettersson will be three by seven, give or take. And yeah, Hughes probably closer to McAvoy, especially where the Canucks should be able to yeah just bring up McAvoy and be like, look, there you go, mate. There's your 
Is it comparable? One of the best young defensemen in the league at the moment. Have a bit right, of that. but if you're represented by the same place, right, you can't yeah. have one of your clients making three by seven and the other one making two at five, can you? <laughs> you can't. That, That's not fair. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is fair, but you know what I'm saying. Are we, are we, are we arguing that any any players who are represented by the same agency should all be on matching contracts on the same team? On the and they're yeah, both yeah, in the same situation. Same and it's a bad team as well. If you're Quinn Hughes, if you're Quinn Hughes, you're going to say, well, hang on a minute. I want the, I'm playing on a shit team bonus. I sort of think I'll take an extra million a year. Thank you very much. I, I wouldn't be surprised as well. if, if Hughes ends up shorter than Pettersson. Yeah, I wouldn't it, be surprised either. At the same time, though, I think, I think we, excluding the COVID stuff, we haven't had enough seasons and enough like high-profile RFA signings since the market's kind of been reset a little bit with those shorter-term deals coming in. So like, you can't necessarily... You're, it's, it's almost like a like a player reputation kind of thing. Your player's reputation in your mind is almost based off of like three, two, three seasons ago, their play, rather than this season, unless it's a player that you're following particularly closely. And I think that's probably fair to say about assumptions for contracts. It's based on almost like the last generation of RFA deals because that gives you a wider sample size and then a better idea of like, okay, this young high-scoring defenseman gets that much. You know, young, reliable two-way centre gets this much. Like, So I think even without the COVID situation, we hadn't had enough time to really get a better understanding of what young players are going to be signing for, let alone chuck in COVID, the flat cap until 2040. It's it's fucking hard to say. It's really hard to say. Because yeah, I think I think Hughes would have the right to demand more than McAvoy because of the team he's on, because of the style that he plays. But yeah, how how are you gonna get that? Because if they do both sign for seven, which would be pretty reasonable, like three years at seven mil, they've got fucking two million dollars to sign seven <laughs> players. Like <laughs> And who, who, what money are you moving out? Are you try, finally trade Brock Besser? Cool. Are you trade your captain, Bo Horvat? Are you trade JT Miller? He's suddenly turned into a genuine top line threat. That's it. No, nobody else wants none of them. Uh, yeah, the only way you're going to trade any, any of the other players is if you, you'd have to sweeten the deal. Okay, yeah, we'll take Antoine Roussel off here for his final year, but you've got to throw in a pick with it and something, <laughs> you know, maybe something else. It, oh that's the only way you're going to create cap space. Yeah, the Canucks don't pick in the first round until 2024 just so they can feel <laughs> fucking full roster. <laughs> I was, was going to say, you know what deal looks um pretty stupid now? Bar, bar the, yeah, obviously the fucking Tanner Pearson one, which doesn't help, but I don't think that's necessarily the the, the straw that's broken the camel's back. I think that Fatshi Demko deal looks even worse now. I, yeah, dude, tell you, we're, we're, I said we're the outliers on this. Me, me and you, don't we're not keen on that deal, but other people love it. They love it. Just from, yeah, it's not strictly Thatcher Demko's fault, but yeah, when you're already looking at that much of a cap crunch, yeah, let's give this second-year goalie five million against the cap. Like, uh, don't think you had to do that. Well, at least maybe he's getting, maybe he's getting that shit team bonus. <laughs> like we said, <laughs> no, what has he played? Like 65 NHL games or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and he's I'm already like, making, he's getting five million a year over five years. We we slap teams about the face for having bad cap locked up into goalies. 
And fuck next year, the, the Canucks are going to have over $9 million invested in the corpse of Brett Braden Holtby and a fucking toddler. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> toddler. <laughs> I think you're right I've... about Patterson because Patterson, has, Patterson does have a direct comparable. And I think Patterson has been forgotten about. And I think if... Do you know what his um, points are, like points per game? Like, could you like get it off the top of your head? Do you know? Because I'm looking at it now, and it surprised me. Is it like point nine three or something like? That? It's just under. Yeah, game, it's really it? good. He, it's it's way better than I would have given him credit for. Maybe it's because really? I've got these coast bias and all that kind of thing. Yeah, one hundred fifty three points in one hundred sixty five games. See, that's that's almost like lower than I'd expect of his talent value, but like knowing that he hasn't he hasn't broken a point a game yet. But yeah, he's. Fucking, fucking really good. He's really fucking good. Really good on a not very good team. And he does have a comparable. I just quickly checked. Again, the God, first who's... player that popped into my mind around his age on that was Matt Barzal. And he was uh, around the same. Like they're really, if you look at his first three years in the league, really close, really close stats wise, around the same, around the same. I mean, Pettersson might have a little bit more, but so to me, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're Pettersson, you're going in there asking for seven. And yeah, same with Quinn Hughes. So. Quinn Hughes is going to want six or seven, and like you say, then like, <laughs> where the fuck's the rest of this team going to come from? I I couldn't tell you for love nor money, and, and I think Quinn Hughes is going to be an interesting one to watch this year because if memory serves, all three of the it's oh Darlene's up for a deal as well, isn't he? All four, of yeah, the yeah. Young, all four of the young defensemen are up for up for deals at the end of the season. McCarr, Darlene, Hughes, and Hayskinen. Shit, that's okay. So that's even that's another little wrinkle to throw in. And that's going that's to be very to, interesting to because that's an watch. that is an elite group. That's crazy that that they've all come around at the same time. It's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely mad. That's, yeah, that's. And I wonder who's who's going to blink first. Who's going to blink because they're going to set the market. They're going to set the market immediately. And it's all it's all because interesting, they're... like different situations, kind of um, yeah, influencing. Because you think like Haskinen is going to be looking at Jim Neal, who had the last stud defenseman he had to sign at a young age was John Klingberg, who he signed for a hundred yeah. years at four million. <laughs> so like how how can you you know that's that's a that's a quiver in his bow in his arrow in his quiver rather quiver in his bow. Then um, yeah, like we said about Hughes, um, Darlene's another situation that we've covered plenty plenty, and McCarr's going to be the fucking one though, isn't he? That's the wild card because you're looking at Nathan McKinnon making six point three, and are you gonna? If you're Kel McCarr, are you gonna really go in there and ask for around six? <laughs> if if Miko if Miko Rantanen got the nine yeah. mil treatment, like there's no way McCarr's coming in less than Miko Rantanen. No way. If if McCarr if McCarr makes less than seven, whatever the term. If McCarr's making less than seven, whatever the term, I will drive myself <laughs> to Colorado and kiss Joe Sakic's feet. Because if he can somehow get Kel McCarr under seven, that would be unbelievable. That'd be he is unreal. He is an unreal defenseman. Yeah, he's he's the Don Dadder of the lot. You can't, yeah. can't deny it. No question. How much love was Hayes going to get in the playoffs last year? Everyone was all over it because they were finally seeing him every every night going, Jesus Christ. This Haskinen's fucking unbelievable. I know Dmitry Filipovich is always putting out gifts of him, you know, his skating ability and stuff like that. 
This is yeah, you're right. I didn't realize they're all up at the same time. And then we said, you know, you got Darlene who's just fuck me. <laughs> I want seven because of the misery tax. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's either you give me seven or I'm suing for damages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, <sighs> what an exciting, me, exciting summer, you fucking clown, absolute fucking bellend. Christ, let's start the show, <laughs> please. Your first stars of this week this week are Connor Hellebuck, who is a man who stops things going past him, and Melanie McKinnon. McKinnon serves as the executive director of the University of Manitoba's Ongamizwin, what a word, health services OHS team. In response to the pandemic, she's been coordinating Manitoba's First Nations Pandemic Rapid Response Teams, who are a network of skilled healthcare professionals, doctors, nurses, rehab specialists, who quickly respond to urgent situations in remote and isolated communities across the province. Melanie, you are a legend. Fucking big up to you, Melanie. Working with uh, with Indigenous people as well. It's uh, fantastic what you're doing out there. Thank you very much. As always, we're brought to you by Wave Intel. Trade deadline is over. Head over to Wave Intel for up-to-the-minute stats on that shiny new acquisition. Even better, when your team's new player turns out to be dogshite, you can compare him against the piece that your GM let go to make you really hot under the collar. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Also, check out Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. And of course, we're on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a nice review. It helps a lot. Tell a friend if you like us. And if you don't, tell your greatest enemy to get back at them for that time that your dog pooped on your lawn. Cheers. All right. So as we said, we'll look at the trades now for the rest of the show. And as I mentioned, this is something to talk about in that trade. We'll talk about it. If not, we won't. Simple as that. The first one, the first major one. Cal Palmieri, Travis Zajac to the Devils for 2021 first round pick, 2022 conditional fourth, AJ Greer, Mason Jopst, William, go on. When I saw this, again, back to the player reputations being three years in the past, I remember AJ Greer and Mason Jopst being um, young players. Uh, it, it would appear they are not anymore. So it's. it's <laughs> The Devils have basically got a first round pick for two players and and nothing else. Because wait, no, half a first round pick. We discussed this last week. Oh, <laughs> this draft wait. is this oh, draft yeah. is just a complete complete crapshoot. So yeah, they're getting essentially half a first round pick to just throw a dart at a board and go. Uh, okay, that guy. That's who we're taking. Yep, we'll go with that. that that's it. And, and I think to an extent, you can't even um, you can't knock picks that are going to be later in the round as well because they've got that conditional fourth on there for 2022 which only become, only activates if they make the Stanley Cup final so they in theory want that first round pick to be 31 or 32 this season but that's still just a smaller mystery box than if you got the seventh pick or the fucking 16th pick or whatever this would have turned into I See, when this trade first came in, I was raring. I was like, well, you got a first-round pick for arguably one of the bells of the ball of the trade deadline ball in Carl Palmieri and a perfectly handy depth two-way centre in, in Travis Sajak, who I think will do really well in the in the Islander system. 
plus you're retaining half a salary and you only got one pick, basically, and two fucking AHL players. That's madness. But then, as the deadline's gone on, fair play to them to an extent, I'd have preferred them get a real prospect rather than two fucking over 25-year-old players. But I don't hate it as much as I did last week, is all I'll say. My my takeaway from this was was that there was no fucking way this deal would have gone down for any other team other than a team that Lou Lamorello was the general manager of. <laughs> the Definitely. fucking devils saw the phone thing and it said Lou Lamorello. Oh, Lou's calling. Oh, hi, Uncle Lou. How you doing? You want who? For what? Okay, then, bye. <laughs> that was it. That was fucking it. There was no way. There was no fucking way and i don't give a shit call me a liar i'll tell you this till i'm blue in the face any other teams that were in on palmieri and zajac what do we talk about we talk about the going rate for players all the time i get it this year maybe a little bit different because of the fucking cap and covid and all that bullshit whatever the going rate for a player who's covered at the deadline is a first a player and a prospect the islanders <laughs> the islanders gained their good player and a player. The Devils did it completely <laughs> in reverse. The Islanders got the player. I'm, I'm sure that Lou, when he rang up and spoke to the, whoever he fucking spoke, oh, I guess, and spoke to it. Who's the fucking GM of the Devils? I forgot his fucking name. Uh, oh, Tom Fitzgerald. Oh, I'd forgotten. Tom Fitzgerald, that was it. I had to look it up the other day. Yeah. yeah, Tom Fitzgerald. I'm sure when Lou spoke to Tom Fitzgerald, Lou went, yeah, so we'd like Carl Palmieri. And Tom goes, yeah, okay, okay, I understand that. And then at some point, Lou goes, oh, and obviously, you know, there's got to be a, a player thrown in as well. And Fitzgerald went, how about Zajac? <laughs> and Lou went, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, no, it should have gone the other way, Tom. You should have got the player as well. Yeah, Fitzgerald went to like the totality of the deal. Like, right, yeah, two, two NHL players, two AHL players and two picks. Yeah, divide that down the middle. One, 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 one. Yeah, perfect. Cool. I'll sign off on that. <laughs> There's fucking no way any other team got this deal other than Lou. There's no way. I don't care. I don't care what other teams offered. This was Lou's deal. It's, just it's for Lou and that well. was it. As, as much as we're going to, as people are shitting on the Devils and, and Tom Fitzgerald for not getting the haul that he probably should have for two, two players with salary retained, fucking hats off to Lou for for, for doing that. <laughs> it's a fucking hell of a deal. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's... um. I mean, everything, everything just about this just screams it's a, you know, a friendly deal. Lou knows those players. They fit into the Islanders system perfectly. Palmieri's not some fucking 70 goal scorer who's, you know, he's going to grind. He's going to fucking chug away. He's going to try. Same as Zajac. Guys who are happy to play in that system. And that's something I think is under, underlooked sometimes. You can sign all the players you want and trade for all the players you want. They've got to fit within your system. The Islanders have a very, very specific system. And Palmieri and Zajac will absolutely fit in it perfectly. So, I, you know, fair play to Landers. I think they've, I think they've done great business there. Yes, yeah, fantastic. Okay, uh, Florida Panthers acquire Lucas Walmark, Lucas Carlson in exchange with Chicago for Brett Conley, Henrik Borgstrom signing rights, Riley Stillman, and a seventh round pick. Anything on that? I think it's weird. I don't. I don't really get it. Like Brett Connolly is a perfectly handy player. He's been fine this season, and I mean, not great. Uh, I'd, I, it must have been like a salary dump type thing so that they could squeeze in Brandon Montour and whoever else they got. Yeah, whatever. 
That was any, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Borgstrom is a an interesting case, just quickly, yeah. is that I think he's currently still playing in Europe and sort of big things are expected of him, but it's not kind of worked out for him. So, I mean, this is what will happen. He will go to Chicago and somehow score 40 goals a season because that's what they do. They just find these players who end up being amazing. So, um, Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he was hell, hell of a player at, uh, at the University of Denver in the NCAA. Yeah. Hell of a player. And yeah, he's got he's got talent. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come to the Blackhawks next season and bish bash bosh turn into a player. Columbus Blue Jackets acquire a conditional seventh round pick in exchange for Riley Nash with Toronto. Yeah, I, I like Riley Nash for Toronto. That's a good pickup. Weird. I don't yeah, know me why. too. I think that's a good a good deal, I think. Yeah, I, I suppose they only got a seventh because there wasn't any uh, salary retention on it. But yeah, cool. See what happens. Depth forward. Sorry, no, first Colorado. line, first line centre, Riley Nash. <laughs> so yeah, first line centre. We all forget. Colorado acquire Patrick Nemeth from Detroit in exchange for a fourth round pick. Yep, they need a D-man. Patrick Nemeth's a, a, a D-man. Like, he's not bad, not good. No, not bad, not amazing. He's he's fine. Yeah, I'd do that deal. The Florida Panthers acquire in what was the first we've signed this guy because we've heard of him deal. Brandon Montour in exchange for a third round pick. I think this deal's fucking nuts. Well, for a third rounder, really. I, th- I think Florida acquiring Brandon Montour is fucking nuts. He's been so bad, so bad. Yeah, he's, he's, been, uh, he's been on the this, side He's terrible. Yeah, but he's still really. You can still have good players on bad teams. Well, he's a bad player on a bad team. He's not even an okay player on a bad team. He's a bad player on a bad team. <laughs> This was absolutely the first. And we're going to get to the two absolute fucking kings of the mountain of this later on in a bit. Well, in a bit. But Brandon Montour was the first. You've literally signed this guy because you've heard of him. That was it. Fair play to Buffalo for getting something for him. Well done. Although it's hilarious that they've changed the first round pick they sent to Anaheim from Brandon Montour into a third round pick. So well done again, Buffalo. Yeah, you've got to trade back sometimes to accrue, accrue more yes. assets. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you that for the for the cat pit as well. Which, in theory, if you're saying you shipped out Brett Connolly so that you could get Brandon Montour, I mean exactly. Pat, Patrick Nemeth's right there, who probably is a more stout defenseman than Brandon Montour is at this stage of the game. Your first blockbuster of the day: the Columbus Blue Jackets acquire. A 2021 first round pick and a 2022 third round pick. The Detroit Red Wings acquire David Savard from Columbus and then a fourth round pick from Tampa Bay. And David Savard then goes to Tampa because fucking hell. (laughs) I just love, I just love the jiggery pokery of Tampa. I love it. I love it. I can't hate their the what they do with their cap and everything. And I, I I said on Twitter, do you remember in the summer when Tampa had three RFAs to sign, and we all laughed because there was no way they could do it. <laughs> no, they're just even, they're still adding players. <laughs> the deadline, really good players. It's the magic of um, you know, putting your uh, your star player who makes nine million a year on on a very slow rehab, isn't it? That's right. That's right. I again, great deal for I think a great deal for all teams involved. First one of the day that I thought, yeah, everyone loves that one. Yeah, what a four a fourth round pick for Detroit, basically for um, laundering retain, money. Yeah, for a million dollars, <laughs> give or take. Like that's not. Yeah. yeah, great, great for Columbus, a first and a third. Jesus Christ, for yeah. for one for one player with salary retained. Wow, 
a single player and and <laughs> yeah that that really <laughs> oh my god I, i'm fucking flip-flopping already because i've forgotten about this deal yeah a, th- a first and a third when uh tom fitzgerald could bet couldn't even get a first and a fourth outright for for two players let alone one fucking hell <laughs> i was just gonna say oh, now you've hell. said that i've just realized how much i hated that new jersey deal <laughs> i've just oh, realized god. oh yeah it was fucking it's awful it was fucking dumb and awful and so it's a good player good player to get on a, on the lightning you know for for a million dollars one million dollars they've got on david savard sign me up every day of the week absolutely and as we've you know what like we've said before if you're fucking in be in Fuck the draft. Who gives a shit? Especially this year, as we mentioned last week. You never know what you're going to get. And we've also mentioned, and this is a project I'm kind of half working on in preparation for the off-season, what are draft picks worth? In the sense of, is there a guarantee that player will turn into something? Fair enough. Well done, uh, well done, Columbus. You've got a bunch of picks over the upcoming years because you need to rebuild your team and that's how, that's how you have to do it. But if you're Tampa, why are you going to be concerned about the draft? How many of their players actually went sort of top 10 overall? There's not as many as you think. They've traded well. They've developed players. You know, they get to the deadline and realize, oh, God, we can do three-team deals here and all that kind of thing. So if you're Tampa, fuck it, yeah, trade over these. If we can go back-to-back, which is an important, you know, teams would love to do that because it puts you in a in an elite kind of conversation, or super elite conversation, then yeah, just fucking go for it. I love it. Yeah, you can't you can't understate it, and and yeah, like you say, once your window's open and and it's genuinely open, because a lot of teams make the mistake of thinking their window's open with it, but it really isn't. But fucking hell, like if ever there was a team in their cup winning window, it's definitely the uh, the reigning cup champions, the potentially the most deserving reigning cup champions of the last decade. Yeah, that's a fair that's a fair point. The Colorado Avalanche acquire Devin Dubnik in exchange for one of your former boys, Greg Patterin, and a 2021 fifth round pick. Uh, making more sense this deal is the news today that um, I think Franz Suze is out for the year. So, so yeah, that, that's the thing. Like they've especially last year they got they came on stuck because of injured goalies. So why wouldn't you? I'm surprised they didn't get another four goalies at the deadline. <laughs> you make a fair point, actually. And for I don't. Go on. Okay, so so uh, for a combined five and a half million, you've got Grubauer and Dubnik at the moment. Would you rather that or nine and a half million on Holby and Demko? Yeah, I think I'll take the, uh, especially with what's in front of me as well and the way that teams are set up. Mm-hmm. I think I'll take, I think I'll take Grubauer and Dubnik. That's the fucking thing, isn't it? That is the thing. Yeah, because yeah, as you say, they came unstuck last year. They had to go to their third goalie. I mean, you would think, fucking hell, if, if two playoff seasons in a row you have to go down to your third goalie, you just snake bit, aren't you? Christ. But I don't know. I don't get the hate. I mean, there was lots of people like, this was the goalie you got. He's an NHL goalie. That's what you need sometimes. And he's going to be in a better system. He's not going to have the absolute fucking Swiss cheese defense in front of him like he did in San Jose, which is an unbelievable thing to say. But Dubnik's, Dubnik's perfectly fine. He's perfectly fine. That's all you need sometimes. Just be yeah. fine. Don't, don't be crazy. Just be solid. That's all we need. No, no one out there can say, "Oh, David Rick or whoever else moved at the deadline like is going to be categorically a better goalie for Colorado than the Dubnik will be." Exactly. Uh, the New Jersey Devils acquire Jonas Siegenthaler from the Capitals in exchange for a twenty twenty one third round pick. Yeah, conditional, conditional third, conditional third. Yeah, conditional third. Uh, sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's just about swapping, swapping which one it is. 
Uh, Siegenthaler has always been like bandied around as like a you know, analytics darling defenseman type. You know, well, he's better than he's better than he looks. He should be playing in the league. Blah blah blah. Stamp defensive defenseman, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, whatever. See, cool. See what happens. <laughs> The Detroit Red Wings acquire Hayden Verbeek, a 2021 fifth round pick in exchange for John Merrill going to the Montreal Canadiens. I think this is a really good deal for Montreal. I think John Merrill's had a decent season. Think he's, you think little, he's good? I mean, they, they needed the deal. Sneak, so. for a, yeah, for a fifth rounder, a little sneaky pickup like that. Yeah, it's uh, not bad at all. Yeah, why why not? Yeah, I've got... Mm, I mean, his shot shares really weren't that good in um in Detroit, but then... That's Detroit, and he did have a really good season. He's in season. Detroit, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That is the thing. Um, yeah, had a really good season in Vegas a couple of years ago, so hopefully if he can, if he can recreate that behind a slightly uh, slightly better team in, in Montreal than it was in Detroit, then fucking, yeah, why not? It's going to say spin the bottle on him, but that's not, that's not the term. Okay, that's not. Yeah, that's not the term, is it? Fuck, no, I can't say that. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> In another three-team deal involving the Columbus Blue Jackets, they acquire a 2021 first-round pick, a 2022 fourth-round pick in exchange for Nick Foligno going to San Jose, who retained 50% and got a fourth-round pick in 2021 from Toronto. And then Toronto, of course, acquire Stefan Noson and Nick Foligno. Lots of... This was the first that was very polarizing on Twitter in that everybody who was a Leafs fan said, yeah, brilliant, love it, it's what we need, more grit, more jam, let's go. Pivot that to the other fans of other teams laughing, saying, oh my God, you've paid basically three draft picks to get Nick Foligno. What do you what do you think about this one? Yeah, three draft picks, but two of them are a, a fourths, like, and one yeah. this year, one next year. Like, So it's, it, for me, it's effectively a first round pick for Nick Foligno. And then what some fucking throwaway shit for Stefan Nason. Um I don't hate it. Like as far as if you if you're picking him up for depth or for like a complimentary piece on on one of your high scoring lines or whatever, yeah, there are worse players out there than Nick Felino. Um okay. a first round pick compared to what other things have been uh, have been paid for I would argue more talented forwards. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money, but at the same time, you're getting him for just over just over a mil, what one point three mil, just about. Um, I I can't hate on it. I can't hate on it. It's not. It's a, we were just praising the uh, the Lightning a minute ago for paying up for Savard when they're in in win now mode, and and yeah, for for this season at the very least with the makeup of of the playoffs and stuff. Yeah, this is absolutely the year that Toronto should go for it. So fucking. Who gives a shit about a mystery box of a first round pick that in theory should be should really be twenty nine, thirty, thirty one or thirty two, because if they don't make the um if they don't make the conference finals and they fucked it. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, Nick I think Foligno it's an excellent, or not. I, Yeah, exactly. I th- I think it's a great deal for Toronto. You can never have too many decent good players. Players as well okay, here we go, we might I've not had a good intangible chat for a while. But <laughs> players who want to win a cup. It's very simple. Like players who've got that desire, they always say that there's winning your first cup is there's nothing like it. You try harder, you push further, you skate faster, you you know you you give way more than when you're trying to just get that first one and get over the hump and do it. And Toronto has a ton of those players, and it's also no bad thing 
to have a ton of good depth in your team. Players who can play at the NHL level. We praised Dubas the other week about picking up Galchenyuk for, you know, why not? He's played in NHL. He comes in for a couple of games. Maybe he'll do something for you for, for essentially nothing. Why and not? Now he's on, and now and he's like, on their first line. And the same, same with somebody like Felino. If you think this is your year, if you genuinely believe it, and like, we, like you've just said, if the Leafs don't come out of the Canadian division as their team, they'll never get another chance as good ever, ever. This is the year. This is the, uh, more than any other year, who knows what's going to happen, but the makeup of this team and the way the leagues are built and everything, this is the year that Toronto has to go all in. You cannot plan for the future every year. At some point, you've got to throw shit at the wall and say, right, we've got six picks in the next two drafts. We just have to go for it. You know, at some point you've got to go chips in and maybe it won't work, but you've at least got to fucking do it. And yeah, I think this is a good, I think this is a really good deal for them. They don't need more skill. They already have all the skill. You know, Matthews, Marner, Nylander. You don't, you know, you've already got the skill there. It's already there. So. And even even going down, Tavares, Nick Robinson, uh, Alex Galchenyuk is a skilled player. Like. Yeah, yeah. Mikheyev is a skill a skilled player. You know, he's more he's more in the the mold of like a, a Hyman or whatever, you know, a two way force, but he's still got fucking Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza, keep keep fucking going. They've got they've got the skill and yeah, like as as I said, if you're looking for complimentary pieces, fucking hell, can you get much better than Nick Nick Felino in this trade deadline? I don't really think you can. No, yeah. And you could yeah, you could only sign players who were there and who would also fit under your cap as well. So he was he was the perfect fit. And just going to give a quick shout out to um, Kekalainen as well in Columbus. Got a good amount of returns for his players. Three first round picks this year. Again, it's a it's the mystery box. One of them is going to be decent because it's your own, and you never know what you're going to get with the other ones. And I've said before, just you know, fucking at the deadline, just accumulate as many kind of. If you're not a very good team, acquiring an NHL player who can play now, who gives a shit? We're bad already. I don't need another player who's just going to add to my fucking cap hell. Give me as many picks, as many prospects as possible, and then we'll roll the dice and hopefully get something out of it. That's why that's why Fitzgerald made that trade. He's thinking, I don't need NHL players, they're just giving me cat power. Fucking get rid of them. <laughs> he tried he tried to give him more. It's like Nico Hisha, take him. <laughs> I don't want him. <laughs> which then leads us on to an interesting little wrinkle with the Maple Leafs, which is their goaltending. As they acquire big save Dave, Dave Riddick from the Calgary Flames for a twenty twenty two third round pick. Not, uh, Which not is the big save, Dave, that the Maple Leafs were hoping to acquire. Oh, no, of course. Of course. It's uh, interesting their goaltending. It, it is interesting. Is, is Anderson legally just, dead yet? I don't know. It's very hush-hush. It's very quiet. Very quiet. And I can't decide if they're doing that for two reasons. One, Anderson's just not coming back and that's it. He's just done. But they don't want anyone to know that. You know what fucking teams like with their goalies? Who's a starting goalie tonight? Oh, I'll tell you when I'm legally obliged to. All right, mate. Great, you fucking hero. Brilliant. Look at look at our 50 contract limit. It's one of the goalies on there, mate. Exactly, exactly. Or, yes, yeah, so he's, he's either not coming back for the season and he is absolutely done and they don't want people to know that. Or he will be coming back and they're just going to kind of try and surprise somebody. Like, they're just going to kind of bring him up. Oh, we weren't planning on Anderson playing against us tonight. Oh, shit. What are we going to do? And I can't decide which it is. I think he's done for the year. I really do think he's done. No, I, I think they've made a uh, made a trade. They've given away a third round pick just for like a WWE style fucking, the, you know, the game's just about, the puck's just about to drop. And suddenly the lights go dim. 
on the scoreboard it's and your starting goaltender number 31 <laughs> Frederick Anderson du, 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 du. it's going to be great now I, I, I think I think whether Anderson's out or not this is the trade to make every contending team should pick up a third fucking NHL quality goaltender for the playoffs Every team. Yeah. If, if you're not happy with what you've got, absolutely. Even even if you are, because what, what if you're happy with what you've got and then one of your two go down and then heaven... No, no, I mean, I mean if you've got three that you're fine with. If you've got three oh, that yeah, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm yeah, fine true. with these three. Yeah, then yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if, totally. if you can get a goalie that's better than your third string goalie, fucking get him. Because what? If you don't make that trade, that third round pick ain't going to help you. Just pick somebody up that you know... Is more likely, you know, as you said, as we've said, it's fucking, it's a scratch card. But pick pick someone up who you think is gonna have a higher chance of maybe putting in a performance than your third string goalie. Just look at the Avalanche last year; like you're you're gonna regret it if you don't. How mad is that? They were so close. They were so close to going through, and they lost because they had Michael Hutchinson in there. <laughs> oh my god! Poor guys. That game against that that game seven, they they scored to go up, don't they? And then you scored. Was it ten seconds after? I think so. Or yeah, something like to to draw level, dude. You could you should have. I don't know if you I don't know if you're watching the game or not. If you watched the draft or not, but you should have seen Joe Sakic's face. He was just like, okay, I just needed a save right there, mate. I could you have not, <laughs> dude? He was so he was so upset. There's <laughs> a proper um. Oh, who's that fucking Colombian centre back? What was his name? Oh, uh, the one who got shot. What's his name? Pablo Escobar. It wasn't, was it? <laughs> you he fucking had, racist. He had a no. He had a he had a fucking name of like a of a famous person. He had he had a name. Hang on, Colombian defender. Yeah, it was. It was Andres Andres Escobar. Andres, uh, there you go. There you go. Don't, you can't give me that much uh, that much stick. Yeah, that's what, what that's what Saki wanted to do. Fucking Michael Hutchinson's walking down the street and some guy walks up to him and says, Oh, thanks for costing us that game and then just shoots him. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and that some guy turns out to be Joe Cool, aka Joe Sakic. There you go. Fucking there you go. The New York Islanders acquire Braden Coburn from the Senators for a twenty twenty two seventh. That, my friends, is an NHL twenty one trade yeah, all day. Fucking I fucking love that trade. Power, power to you, Lou, but cool. <laughs> A lot of seventh round picks being floating around this year. Yeah, there is. There is. The Senators also acquire a 2022 third round pick from the Boston Bruins in exchange for defenseman Mike Riley, who, I'll be honest, had not paid any attention to. If you'd have asked me who does Mike Riley play for before the trade deadline, I would have said, I don't know who that is. (laughs) I had not heard his name once. And then I check his stats and he's actually pretty fucking good. So I'm chuffed with that. Straight on to uh, onto the B's first power play unit as well. Yeah, yeah. So, why? Well, I mean, it's <laughs> it's no fucking surprise, dude. We've used 12 defensemen this year. <laughs> They're all so fucked up. They're all so injured. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a good it's a good pickup for, for the Bruins for exactly that. They've had D issues and they're a, far worse. You know, I've, I've, I think of him as like a, a Dylan DeMello type. You know, not, he's not going to b- blow the blow the roof off of like every team in the league but it's still fucking handy and yeah for a third round yeah, and pick, does he does he make the Bruins defence better yes he does absolutely so can't yeah, really complain even, even with your, your full full complement of defenceman being healthy he makes that top six so exactly yeah yeah. so if, if you're you know if Mike Crowley's on your third pair then alright your third pair's suddenly better than it was so I yeah, can't if complain it, if it keeps Stephen Camper out of the league then uh, 
then you're laughing. <laughs> yeah. The LA Kings acquire a 2022 conditional third and a 2023 conditional fourth from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Jeff Carter. Wow. Don't, I don't think anyone saw this one coming, did they? Not a, unless you're unless you're Bob McKenzie, who had the fucking scoop. Fucking he, little Bob bomb out of nowhere. Yep. Really Nobody saw this. And then here's fucking Bob sat in his fucking hammock and his beach hut in fucking Hawaii, <laughs> just tweeting it out. I'm here Jeff Carter's available to go into Pittsburgh. I, uh, yeah, I like it. But I, I like Jeff Carter anyway. Like, I'm unrequited love for Jeff Carter for basically no reason. Yeah, he's not that good anymore, but yeah, for two and a bit mil when, again, when you're the Penguins and you've basically got to fucking go for it as hard as you can before Sid dies. Yeah, you're laughing. And it's, it's a good trade as well. Third and fourth round pick. Yeah, it becomes the second and the third. It beca- the third becomes the second if they make the final. And the fourth becomes the third if Carter plays 50 games next year, which I think is interesting. That's an interesting um, condition. Like That's a high number of games, I think, all things considered. For, for an ageing forward in these uncertain times, I know we're going to be trying to get back to 82 games next year, but who knows if that's actually going to happen. If they yeah, get back to 82 games next year, and the Penguins bench Carter at game 49. I'll oh, fucking be so happy. Nah. <laughs> I love it. Beautiful, gets, uh, beautiful. Gets assassinated in, uh, in, tra- in training just so he can... <laughs> after, after he's, holidaying in Col- he's holidaying in Colombia. <laughs> gets shot. <laughs> if uh, if Radko Gouda ends up on the Penguins in this off-season, you know he's not Oh, good point. There you go. Yeah, you're right. Uh, not a bad move either for LA, who... We've said before, like they've got some contracts they need to at least cut down or get rid of. So yeah, a good trade, a good trade for both teams, I think. Absolutely. What was seen as one of the highest pieces on the board, Curtis Lazar gets packaged in a deal with Taylor Hall for, <laughs> for Anders Bjork and a 2021 second round pick. I'll go first on this for obvious reasons. I was stunned that the cost of this was as cheap as it was. I'm. I think this is. I thought at the time, this was an absolute steal by the Bruins to get rid of Anders Bjork, a player that. Well, you wouldn't know this, but Bruce Cassidy does not like at all. Doesn't like playing him. Doesn't like giving him minutes. Doesn't want to. You know, he's like, I've had enough. And a well, he, second round pick. Yeah, he hasn't been very good. Ever. Oh yeah. Really. You? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. That, but then, but then, that's that kind of. Is he not good because? He's not been given a chance to be good. There are some players who still, there are some people who still think he should have got more of a chance and like a lot more game time to kind of find himself. Like I said before, some players aren't going to jump out of the gate straight, out of the, you know, straight away, are they? They just take take some longer to get used to it. Either way, very true. It's a player that wasn't going to be protected in the expansion draft or anything, and you're getting in return for that an equal, in my opinion, Curtis Lazar, just a depth forward who can do a job for less money. Yep, and then Taylor Hall. For a second round pick, so yeah, for me it's it's Taylor Hall for a second round pick, which is madness. We've we've touched on it enough, like in the lead up to this, of how how Hall's stock has plummeted and how how are people not interested in him? But fucking hell, a second round pick for him, one of Boston's second round picks as well. Like that's that's insane to me, absolutely insane. So then though, it turned out that. Because Hall had his full no-move clause, he essentially got to pick where he was going. 
Now, I don't know if the Bruins somehow found out that he wanted to go there or if he, even if he did want to go there. But apparently, there was a team out west who was really in on Taylor Hall and was offering more. And he said no. Now, that might be as well because he wants to stay around the Northeast. Because obviously he was in New Jersey. I know he went to Arizona, but it wasn't for long. And I think he'd kind of settled it in and around the Northeast. I think he's back in Buffalo, Boston. It's in, you know, it's all in the same place. Yes, yeah, St. Louis were apparently sniffing around him as well, according to, oh, to Big really? Fridge. Oh, okay. So, okay. Could have been, or, and Vegas as well. So it could have been any number of them, really. But yeah, the, the Friedman said he wanted to sign with the Bruins in the off season. But the Bruins, <laughs> I, I absolutely, have you heard this story? <laughs> yes, I have. Go on, oh, please I, tell I love people. It. I love it. Yeah. So, so Hall wanted to sign with the Bruins. He wanted something a bit more long term, but he also wanted to know where he was playing next season sooner rather than later. So, because the Bruins had to move some money around to facilitate the Hall deal, he said, "Now nah, this is taking too long. I'm going to sign with the Sabers instead." Oh my god! My fucking god! What is what is wrong with you? What is actually wrong with you and like um i was reading a scott burnside article on i think it was just on the trade it was win- winners and losers, losers at the trade deadline got to the bit about taylor hall i'm not burnside's biggest fan i don't think he's necessarily very impartial when it comes to a lot of his reporting he uh he definitely has a chip on his shoulder about certain teams that he may have had a close relationship with a couple of seasons ago and no longer does not going to name any names there uh, about any amazing, incredible teams in the great state of Texas. Uh, but he had a fucking <laughs> line from a source. It was a, it was a scout, NHL scout for, for one of the teams in the league, saying that like the perception of Taylor Hall around the league is that he has no compete level for a variety of reasons. Um, his play on the ice in Buffalo definitely hasn't helped. I think signing with Buffalo in the first place hasn't fucking helped. Like. Yeah, there's his stock has got to be at an all time low. But even then, to only get a second round pick for him, even if that's the only team in the dance, and everybody says that he's fucking washed up and he's a he's a prick and all that, a second round pick for a former MVP at the trade deadline is a fucking joke. Who could have seen that Buffalo would mess up their trade <laughs> trade deadline? Who could have Who could have foreseen that? I agree. Regardless of what you think of him, how far his stock's fallen, I gave him plenty of shit for going to Buffalo and taking the cash. Because that, that was the reason he went there. Because there was no way the Bruins are going to pay him $8 million. There was not a chance. There's just That's yeah. just not going to happen. You know, And I know I know he's uh, he's very graciously said well that he'd love to sign an extension somewhere. I bet you would, mate. I bet you would. <laughs> and get some fucking guaranteed fucking cash. I bet you would love to sign an extension. And it'll be interesting to see if he stays past this season. Because he's not going to... He isn't going to make, I don't think he's going to make what he thinks he's going to make if he wants to stay in Boston. And like I said before, the Bruins are going to have a fuck ton of cap space this year. If they're, if things are going the way it looks like they're going to go, they're going to have a lot of money to play around with. Taylor Hall is not going to be given all of that. There's no way. But then I, I think this deal does, you know, there was lots of moving parts to this deal that all came to this. His stock had fallen incredibly. He had a full no move, so he could kind of choose where he wanted. And Boston probably wasn't, you know, we're just not going to give up that much for a guy who's got two goals this season. You know, you want a first round pick when, no, there's no way. Facts and figures and positional kind of things aside, okay, you could argue that, okay, it's a former MVP. But like I said, that was four years ago, three years ago. 
Yeah, four. What are you actually getting from Taylor Hall? I mean, genuinely, what are you getting? I want him to succeed because he's on my team now. I get that. Like, I hope he plays well because I want him to play well. But if he scores one goal for the rest of the year, are we going to be surprised? Really? And he said, didn't he? He said that, you know, I'm I'm not myself. I've kind of, I've really struggled. My confidence is low. And maybe, you know, get him into an organization that's run properly. Because when he was at New Jersey, it was a shit show. He goes to Arizona. We all fucking know what goes on in Arizona. And then he's at Buffalo. Name me name me any players from those teams who've been absolutely fucking lights out for the past three years. There isn't many. So it's no wonder he was fucking miserable and his stock's at an all-time low. Maybe get him in the Boston Bruins room, get the good players around him, players you can maybe guide him a bit better, and maybe we'll see a resurgence. But I, I, I agree with you. It's... Uh, it's mad that you just get him for just get him for a second, and that's it. I, th- I think the last thing that really plays against Hall at the moment is to to go along with the season he's having in Buffalo. Obviously, it's what I've said about uh, his complete level and this, that, and the other. He's almost he's going to be thirty. When's he? When's he thirty? He's going to be thirty in this calendar year. Thirty this year, yeah. We have seen plenty. I don't think this is what's going to happen necessarily. I don't think Taylor Hall's going to exactly fall victim to this. I wouldn't put money on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's another in a string of players that suddenly turns 30, or you know, turns 29 in this case, and goes from high-level, elite-level playing to just, bam, he's dog now. You haven't got to look far around around the place, you know, fucking Danny Heatley, going from a 50-goal scorer to basically out of the league by 30. Plenty of other players that you can you can name that that happens to, and I don't think it will happen. But fucking I'll the only be, thing on I'll the only thing on the back of, the only thing on the back of that I would say is that, and this is something he mentioned, is that he just felt pressure every team he was on was that he was the guy, and the same thing in Buffalo. I know Eichel's there, but it was Eichel and Hall. They were the two when he was in Arizona, okay, we've traded for this for you. You are the one who's going to take us over the hump kind of thing. Same in New Jersey. You're the one we need to make this team good. It's all on you. And in Boston, he doesn't have to do that. Depending on his next contract, so like right now, you could say that, you know, he's making $4 million. That's perfectly fine. If he signs a contract for, you know, five at five or something like that, and he just, you know, he just chips in. He doesn't have to be point per game Taylor Hall. He doesn't have to be that. You know, he just he just needs to be a good player again. And right now, he has not been. Right now, he's not a good player. He's lost his way completely. But then maybe that's something, like I say, you get him into that organization that is a well-run organization. Maybe he can then be like, oh, okay, I don't have to fucking do every single thing, every single game. If I have a bad game, okay, we've got a top line that can maybe bail me out a little bit. And, you know, I can do the odd job here and there. And that's all you need. It just depends on his next contract, that's all. Because if he starts making sort of bigger money again, then yeah, there's going to be questions again because that's what comes with the contract, isn't it? Absolutely. And uh, I think you're spot on. I think if we have any hope of seeing the best out of Taylor Hall in the NHL moving forward, I think signing an extension with the Bruins is a great way to go about that. Yeah. I wouldn't be against it. It would just obviously, like I say, it just depends on how much that's all. It's got to be cheap. Yes. All right. The Chicago Blackhawks acquire Adam Gordett and the Vancouver Canucks acquire Matthew Highmore in a uh, straight swap. Blackhawks made a lot of weird moves, didn't they? <laughs> I, d- I don't know who this Strange. is weir- weirder for. I'd say it's probably weirder for the Canucks because, like, yeah, true. Why he he Gordet does seem to have been put in Green's doghouse a bit this year, but I 
Goddess Younger, I think. Ah, uh, no, nah, you see, I've just realised what it is. What were we talking about a minute ago? Canuck's got to save cap space. They're already saving $225,000, Will, on this deal. So there you go. Maybe that's uh, Jim Benning's most play. He's going to trade every player on the roster for someone who's marginally cheaper. Yeah. I, Take I, care of the pennies, mate. The pounds look after themselves. Today, Joel, <laughs> say Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I do like this for the backcourt. I like Adam Hordet. I think he's got more to offer than he'd been able to in other Canucks, uh, other Canucks. And I think to an extent, if you're swapping out, you know, role player for other role player that maybe has more a higher ceiling potentially, fucking go for it. As as a long time advocate of somebody picking up Josh Hosang and giving him a fucking go. You can't knock picking up Adam Gordet and seeing what happens. Fuck, dude, he's only twenty-four. Yeah, isn't it? Like, why? Why wouldn't you? I thought it was, oh, yeah, shit. I thought it was older than that. Oh, fair enough then. Yeah, I think this is a win for Chicago then. Yeah, with, because as we've said, he will just end up playing on a line with somebody from Europe who no one's heard of, and end up being fucking awesome. It's going to be uh, him, Henrik Borgström, and Brett Connolly as their second line next year somehow, and it's just going to fucking <laughs> they're all going to take off for thirty goals. <laughs> yeah. The Oilers acquire Dmitry Kulikov from New Jersey for a 2022 conditional fourth, which becomes a 2022 third if the Oilers win a playoff round in the cup finals. Sorry, in the cup playoffs. Um, eh. Great for um, fitting in with the Oilers' culture as they've picked up yet another average to bad defenseman. Fucking why not? <laughs> we already discussed the amazingness of uh, Frederick Klassen and Magnus Kroner. <laughs> yeah, inc- the- incredible deal. Incredible. The Blackhawks also acquired Josh Dickinson and Ryder Ralston to NHL player to AHL players, sorry, uh, for Colorado in exchange for Carl Soderberg. Just a little depth piece there. I mean, yeah, Ryder Ralston's pretty young. When was he? Yeah, he was only drafted last year. So, yeah. In in some ways, I kind of understand this kind of deal more than going for picks because at least you've had longer to say scout Ryder Ralston and Josh Dickinson than you would have well you'd have a better idea of what kind of players they're going to be than player x from the ohl who has played four games this season so yeah i'd say difference is swapping him out for like a fourth and josh dickinson as far as i'm concerned yeah fair enough fair enough the florida panthers acquire the forgotten man of calgary sam bennett and a sixth round pick and the Flames acquire Emil Heineman in return and a 2022 second. So basically two seconds in return because Heineman was signed in the second round last year, I think. Oh, was it? For for me, that's yeah. sixth round pick for the signing rights for Heineman and a second for, for Bennett, which, yes, a second round pick could have got you Taylor Hall in theory, but like, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, good point. I, I do like Sam Bennett. I think he's he's one of those... He's like a young Patrick Maroon type. Do you know what I mean? Like a young, a younger Wayne Simmonsy type. Like he's gonna come through for you in the playoffs. Bit of, bit of grip, bit of jam, bit of physicality. Little bit of a high price to pay for me for like a player that has been on the trade block for six months. But yeah, all right. Florida seem to be doing fucking weird shit this year, so why why not carry it on? And I like it more yeah, than why the not? next deal personally. Okay, are you looking at are you looking at cap friendly? I'm just yes, checking. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks acquire a 2021 second round pick, a 2022 third round pick from Vegas. The San Jose Sharks acquire a 2022 fifth round pick from Vegas, by the way, of Buffalo. 
And uh, Matthias Janmark goes to the Vegas Golden Knights along with Nick DeSimone because they, oh, sorry, and a 2022 fifth round pick because Vegas just cannot fucking help themselves. They have to make deals at the deadline. They can't help themselves. They just can't. This is such a weird one for me as well because like if it if this was if this was Taylor Hall if this was David Savard yeah if this was Carl Palmieri I'd fucking understand it but like Matthias Janmark is such a such an underwhelming player to give up a second a third and a fifth for him that's madness to me that's an utter madness for a player who as we just said you could get taylor hall for a second you could get cal palmieri and travis sajak for one half first is it... <laughs> yeah matthias janmark is for, a second a third a, and a fifth for a timeshare in a first round pick um <laughs> it's, it is disingenuous it is especially this year disingenuous to compare those deals but god Damn. But we're gonna like, yeah, like it's not to say that Vegas could have gotten Taylor Hall because he, by all accounts, refused to go to Vegas. But when you're looking at those prices, three picks, a second and a third, for a player who who cannot help, but you know, physically unable to put a puck past a netminder, physically unable to do it, like that's that's mad to me. Like I think Yanmark is handy. I think he's handy. He's been very lucky this season in uh well he was very lucky for the first half of the season in Chicago to get some power play time and get some get some pucks on the board. But with the, the forward depth that they have in the in Vegas, like he ain't gonna get those opportunities and he ain't gonna do shit in a depth role for me. I think that's a waste of picks as far as Vegas are concerned. Let's not forget this is the same Vegas that traded away a first, second and a third for Thomas Tatar. At the deadline a couple of years ago. Yeah, but I, I, th- I think that's a weird one, though, isn't it? Because like everywhere else, Thomas Tatar has been a good player. Like it's a yeah, high but price, a, but a first, a second, and a third, dude, that's insane. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> that's is way insane. too much. It's insane, but for 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 a player that in theory is actually going to be good for you, this is a second and a third for fuck. You might as well have got fucking Sam Bennett. You might as well have got Magnus Kroner. You might as well have got fucking who Adam Gordet. Like, well, that's yeah. That's a fair point. I'd sooner have Adam Gordet than uh, Matthias Janmark. No offence, Matthias Janmark. Yeah. Yeah, I know. This one was just nuts. Vegas, just they just cannot help themselves. Fucking totally. They just see everyone else at the party having fun and they just have to go steaming in there and drink seven bottles of beer as fast as they can <laughs> and then just start smashing the place up. That's they just can't help themselves. Fucking exactly. <laughs> it. That is, it's, it's an addiction. It's 100% an addiction for them. Absolutely. The Chicago Blackhawks acquire a 2021 fourth round pick. Uh, Madison Bowie goes to Vancouver and a fifth round pick. I yeah. If you've got nothing, right. it's fine. Like, <laughs> I just, it's deals like that where it's just like if it, if it was offered to me, if I was the Blackhawks and that was offered to me in uh, in AHL 21, so like, oh, do you want to get rid of one of your players to move up around in a? Uh, <laughs> In a draft where you don't know what's going to happen. No, that's not. It just seems <laughs> fucking pointless to me. In the probably biggest deal of the day involving actual real estate, the Detroit Red Wings acquire Richard Panic, Jakob Rana, a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 second round pick in exchange for Anthony Mantha going to the Capitals. You have some takes on this, I believe. I think it's fucking mental. 
what? think it's fucking nuts. I think Stevie Y has pulled an absolute fucking blinder. He's, he's pulled a worldie, hasn't he? He's pulled a worldie. Absolutely. A lot, Absolutely. A lot, a lot of people are pointing to the Richard Panic contract as like the key to why there are so many picks involved on top of it. But like, fuck, man. Like, Jakob Rana and Anthony Mantha at, at best is a wash, if you ask me. Varane is younger and cheaper for now. Yeah, Mantha's locked in for longer, but I, I doubt you're going to get Verana for much more much more money than Mantha's getting. And to chuck in a fucking first and a second, either one of those that you're writing off as getting rid of the Richard Panic contract is madness to me. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm sure Mantha, you know, Mantha's not a bad player. I'm sure he's going to oh, be no. perfectly fine in Washington. And he's going to be surrounded by better players. But I still think, you know, you're you're getting four. It's not just four things. If you go back to fucking Tom Fitzgerald again, you're getting Tom Fitzgerald got basically one thing. We add all those things together, it's half a first round pick, a third which is kind of like the same as a quarter of a first round pick, and then two, basically, I don't know, ground staff, basically, <laughs> fucking whatever. Yet the wings get actual. Okay, like we've got some actual fucking stock here for this one guy. I think it's a great deal. Great I think, deal. I think it's madness. And and arguably when you look at the underlines, Verona in a better in a higher in a bigger role in Detroit could produce even more than he had been with with Washington. I just think it's such a such an odd deal to to do from Washington's perspective. Fantastic bit of business from, from Detroit, but madness. It's a madness. Even even if you say that's like fair price for Anthony Mantha, it's it's another one of those deals that I look at from Washington's perspective. Why? Why bother? Yeah, that's it. Like you say, that that comes off that comes across your fucking screen on NHL twenty one, you're going, No, why would I do that? I'm not giving you four decent pieces for this one thing. Doesn't I don't get it. It's it's really odd. And for it to come come out of the out of nowhere like that, it's just yeah, I mean, time, time will tell. Maybe Mantha will be even better in a reduced role in Washington. Maybe Varane will be better in an increased role in Detroit. Like, who who knows? If it if it was just like a, a straight up one for one, I'd th- I'd find it odd, but still think, all right, yeah, maybe you both think that by a, that a change of scenery will get even more out of those players. Fair enough. Like they're close enough on paper as it is. But fucking hell, the two high picks in the next two years all to get rid of Richard Panic, or to sweeten the deal to get Anthony Mantha it's just yeah that that's a weird from weird one from McClellan for me I'm hoping that we can see in a few years that this was the start of the uh, the eyes of plan coming into effect and it's like this was the first domino to fall. This was the big one that was like, right, <laughs> okay. Now he's starting to really, now he's starting to really show what he's there for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, crikey, if he can keep pulling trades like this, he'll be absolutely laughing. The Anaheim Ducks acquire a fifth round pick from Toronto in exchange for Ben Hutton, a uh, adept defenseman. Fair cool. enough. Yeah, got to load up. The Montreal Canadiens acquire in what also made me unnecessarily angry and frustrated, Eric Gustafson from the Philadelphia Flyers for a seventh round pick. That's an overpayment, a seventh round pick. I don't care. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's a quality move. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> all. Don't know. Gen- genuinely, a seventh round pick for Eric Gustafs- Gustafsson. 
Fucking sign, That's an overpayment. sign me up every day of the week. Every single damn nah. day. Absolute overpayment. Absolute, absolute trade along the lines of quick, there's not long left. We better make something else happen. Name a defenseman you've heard of. Eric Gustafsson? Fine. <laughs> and that's what happened. Mate, I think I think if you're paying that little for a player that in the right position could be really fucking good for you. Make your power and the right position. The right position is the press box, yes? <laughs> well, yeah, if you need someone in the press box to, to legally <laughs> fill out your roster of seventh round picks, fine. No, I, 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 I'll be un- unapologetic about my uh, my love for Eric Gustafsson. I think if you get him in the right, right shot with minutes, get a bit of power play time, it's going to give you a nice wee bit of offence there. No, you're fucking, fucking nuts. Fucking why not? Why not? What are you going to do that seventh round pick? Pick some fucking some charity case kid from the WHL and then never sign him. Yes. That's better time spent. <laughs> a, bit of, a, bit of, a bit of free PR. <laughs> yeah. Hayden Flurry goes to the Anaheim Ducks, who were apparently the big sellers at the deadline leading into it, and they acquire a, a player in exchange for Yanni Hakampa and a 2022 sixth-round pick going to Carolina. I, I don't get it. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't, of- I don't get this one at all. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I assumed Hayden Fleury was better than this. I assumed he was better than a, like a throwaway. Yeah, just take him. Some some random thirty-year-old European defenseman and a fifth-round pick. I oh, not not that it fucking matters, but Giza was seventh overall a few years ago. Very oh, strange. I, mean, yeah, I think it's a fucking I'm, great deal for Anaheim. I think it's a great deal for Anaheim. Yeah, I, I think so. I think even even if you're looking at Carolina getting rid of him because they don't have space for him, like weird, weird to me. But whatever. The San Jose Sharks acquire Alexander Barabanov in exchange for Anti Swim. Christ, I can never say this name. Is it, <laughs> is it not just is it not just Suomela? Suomela, I would say Suomela. Suomela, then we'll yeah. go Suomela. Another one was like, all right, but why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, uh, all right, why? I don't get it. Maybe it's because uh, is is Suomela in the AHL at the moment? As far as I know, he is. I think he might be. Maybe that's just we don't want yeah. to lose this guy on uh, on waivers. Let's just do a straight up. Yeah, I suppose one for one. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't really get it, but fucking. My other brilliant. I've heard of this defenseman, so I guess we'll get him. The Nashville Predators acquire Eric Gabranson in exchange for Brandon Fortunato and a twenty twenty two, a twenty twenty three seventh round pick you, going to the uh, Ottawa Senators. You cannot tell me that you would, you wouldn't prefer Eric Gustafson. Over Eric Gabranson. I absolutely would, but that's like saying, would I rather lose an arm or a leg? Neither's a good choice, Will. One's probably better than the other one, but this is way worse. As much as I hated that Gustafson deal, <laughs> the Gabranson deal, I nearly jumped off a cliff. It's such a. <laughs> Just absolute shock and horror. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Yeah, fucking. Got nothing for you. He's, he's fucking shit. And, uh, he's and, uh, fucking awful. At full whack as well. At full whack. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm with you. That's definitely David Poyle. Get. He's fucking slept in because his his old man medication has made him really sleepy. And he's been like, <laughs> "Fuck, we need a right hand D." Uh, Brandon Montour, no. Ah, uh, David Savard, no. Ah, um, uh, uh, Eric Goodbrands. Ah, fuck. I've already said yes. <laughs> Terrible, terrible. Just add it to the fucking list. He's got Jesus, got to have someone so to punch people in the face, haven't you? I suppose. Yeah, great jam. All that fucking bullshit. Whatever. 
The uh, Philadelphia Flyers acquire a 2021 fifth round pick in exchange for Michael Raffle going to the Washington Capitals. Had to uh, had to replace Richard Panic. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> that's that's it, isn't it? Like they are. Yeah, you're right. Fucking indistinguishable right. from from each other. And what? Not getting into it. Not doing it again. We're not carrying on this conversation. Fucking not doing it again. Dumb, dumb trade. And then the last one of the day was that the Winnipeg Jets finally acquire that defenseman they've been looking for all season as Jordy Ben goes there in exchange for a sixth-round pick going to Vancouver. I I fucking love it, personally. Sixth-round pick for Jordy Ben, who's who's a perfectly fine defenseman. Yeah, cool. I guess, but, dude, Winnipeg should have made more of a splash than this. I mean, maybe they tried. Maybe they tried, and and, this was all that was left at the end, but... I don't yeah. know, man. That that Jets team, they they deserve that's forward core especially, and that goalie deserved. Okay, we're going to go out and get a proper defenseman. Is that, is that the only trade that Winnipeg made as well? Oh, sorry, what? God. It's it's the only trade Winnipeg made as well, isn't it? That's yeah, it is. It's yeah. fucking beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. They should have made a bigger splash, but to an extent, like I personally can't knock. Yarmo for not doing that. Is it Yarmo? It is Yarmo, isn't it? No. Winnipeg. Shovel, shovel Day Off. I just get those two confused shovel for some reason. I can't knock Shovel Day Off for not making a bigger splash than that because... <laughs> they're so similar. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I have no idea why. I'm, it's just one of those ones. It's the red, white and blue logo is what it is. Uh, yeah, uh, Kevin Kevin Kakalainen. I can't yeah. knock him for for not making a bigger move. Because what, you're going you're gonna to mortgage the future to to invest in a team that has basically relied on Connor Hellebuck. Yes, the forwards have been good, but like you're seemingly um, hell-bent on getting rid of them. So why why change course now and suddenly put, put, uh, you know, get behind them? I think, it's, I think it's sensible from the GM. Like we, said with, like we said with Toronto, at some point you can't keep planning for the future. That's all Winnipeg seem to do. They're just yeah. planning for the future all the time. They never make that... Unless they've got a player they want to get rid of, a la, or just want to be there, a la Patrick Laine, they don't, they don't do anything. They, and maybe, I understand, I keep saying it, maybe the defensemen weren't there to get. Maybe you couldn't get them to go there. You know, Savard's already going to the Lightning and fucking whatever. You know, maybe the, maybe the person's not there. But, you know, you just can't keep looking at a defensive core, fucking Josh Morrissey, Dylan DeMelo, Pionk, who's actually been decent this year, to be fair. Fucking Derek Forbort, Logan Stanley, Tucker Pullman, and being like, well, this is what's going to get us over the line this year. The same way in Toronto, Winnipeg should be thinking, okay, this is the year. This is the year. We have a phenomenal goalie and a fucking lethal top nine. Their fucking third, their third line forward court is in so good. It's so good. And they've got so many players who never get enough love. Like Kyle Connor is fucking amazing. Amazing. Never gets enough love. Blake and Wheeler's unbelievable. Mark Shifley's quality. Nick Ealers is amazing. Dubois's really good. Andrew Kopp having a massive season for him. Yeah, Andrew Kopp's having a fucking great year. You've got to try and throw something else into that defensive core. You know what? Maybe it's going to take one of those players to get a grade-A defenseman. Okay, we t- everyone was talking about Matthias Ekholm going somewhere. Okay, maybe you've got a package in a player to get Matthias Ekholm. Maybe a player you don't want to lose. But is there a guarantee that Andrew Kopp's going to keep having this kind of sort of surge in his career every year no probably no. not this might 
this might be a one-off. This might be a one-off. So, right, package them in to get your team better. You know, your forward core is going to take care of itself. As long as your top six will take care of itself, you can always find a third-line guy to step in and do the job that Cop does. Maybe you just got to kind of bite the bullet and say, right, we'll give up Andrew Cop and a first to get Matthias Ekholm. Because, you know, and he's like cap-friendly, you've got him for next year as well, and he immediately makes your defence way better. I don't understand why they didn't do anything. This year of all years, like we said, there's no reason to think that Winnipeg could not get to the fucking semi-finals. No reason. All right, I get it. Defensive-wise, they're not as good as Toronto. But you had a player that can make you that little bit better on the, well, be way better on defense. And all of a sudden, now you've got much more of a chance. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I, I just think for me, for a team that is so reliant on that goalie, yeah, we say, oh, a hot goalie can win you the cup. Yes, I appreciate that. But if you're reliant on your goalie going in for the majority of your success... I don't think that makes you anywhere near a cup contender because you can't bank that Connor Hellebuck's going to play to that level next, be able to carry on at that level next game in the regular season, let alone for 24 or whatever in, in the postseason. I agree, but that's why then you should go out, you should go out and make that play, shouldn't you? And get a, and get a defenseman, a legit, yeah. really, really, really good defenseman. I think, I think you've got um, to do it. At some down. point, you've got to do it. Or, or go the other way. Or go the other way and admit, like, right, we haven't. We've we've fucked it here. We've made a mistake in this roster construction. Let's break it down a bit more and and try and build up and start again for for in a few years or whatever. I don't understand why they didn't make more of an effort. Or I mean, maybe they did, but it's very strange. Didn't very strange. It never. Yeah, just Jordy Ben. Just basically, you know, you get a depth guy on D. Yeah, a, a guy who in, is the same as what you've got already, really. In a year where there's no reason to believe if things fall right, you can find yourself with three other teams left for the cup, and that's it. Very strange. Or, Although or, it didn't make me as angry as uh, Jim Benning, obviously. No, of course, because Jordy Ben didn't get a uh, limelight at the top of the show. <laughs> ah, all right, there we go. A good trade roundup, as always. I think that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, that'll do. We've gone for way too long as it is already. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will, any last words? Uh, nah. I, 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 just very, very, very quickly, I just want to shout out uh, Igor Larionov the second, who has come to my attention this week. Utter legend. A for wearing number 69 for Kunlun Red Star. What more could you ask for out of a player? And B, seeming very nice. Uh, seems to be pretty, uh, as dedicated as you can expect a hockey player this in this day and age to uh, social justice issues. Had a great little tweet about having pronouns in the bio, you know, making those little steps to make everyone feeling feel more inclusive and make some actual practical day to day changes to make sure the hockey is for everyone. Fucking shout out, Eagle Larion of the second. Big up, young man. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.